Welcome to the Holy Spirit's Curriculum of Joy podcast. My name is Wanaka Oberhuber, and I'm your host. My guest today is Regina LaFrance. Hi, Regina. Hi, how are you today? So happy to have you here, and I will start with a question that where you are welcome to share in whatever way you feel like it, and also as long as you like. So how did you come to see the world the way you do today? I came to see the world the way I see the world today um, from a very dark place in a very um, life of depression and sadness for almost 50 years. I lived a life of chaos and sadness and depression. And about three years ago, I decided that I was going to write my story. And when I began to write my story and what happened to me when I was little, 10 years old, I began to feel alive and I began to feel uh, free of that burden that I carried for so many years, that secret that made me feel sad and shameful and not belonging to, to society really. No one knew and everyone thought that I was just um, an average person because I hid it well. And now that I have dealt with what happened to me and I have shared it to the world, I feel like um, as an adult now, I am that little girl that was six, seven, eight years old, that was innocent and free and, and happy. I learned to look inside and nurture my inner child. And um, now I like who I am and I belong. And I feel that about maybe a year ago, I had been working on positive thinking and self-assurance and try to get rid of self-doubt. I one night either had a dream or I had a divine intervention that told me that I was free and ready to go, that I didn't have to hurt anymore and that uh, it wasn't my fault. And that's when I began searching for answers and realized that it's never a child's fault. And I began finishing my book and then began learning more about um, having a positive mind and reading positive books and associating with people that, like myself, are positive and kind and, and that brings happiness. Well, that's a, a long, a great story to unpack. So I think one of the remarkable things is to realize that you, by sharing it, you re probably recognize that you're not alone. Because I think that's one of the big things is with the shame and the guilt and all that, the things that you were naming, you feel very alone and you see no solution to it and right? no way out of it. And so I think by sharing it, you were able to open up to 
the realization you're not alone. And there are possibilities that can help you feel good about yourself. Yes. Yeah. That's very true. And the funny thing is, I never used to want to be alone. I never used to sit down and focus on working on any project or anything. I always had to be on the go or with someone or going places or switching from job to job. And now I actually enjoy being alone. I I can go outside and go for a walk or I can go to work out or I can be home alone or I can be home with my husband or I can be with friends. Now, the way I feel, it's almost the same every day. I feel balanced and I feel at ease. I feel okay. I feel happy that I am here today. And I feel happy that I learned to love who I am and I, I don't live in that state of chaos anymore. Yeah, I think that's that's another thing that's really important is this discovery that you can feel comfortable with who you are. And I think there's a lot behind that. There's more to it than what you just said, of course, a lot more to it, because I think it's, I don't know, you must have made a decision within when you started writing about it. I don't know what decision that was exactly, but you, I would, I would love to hear it. What that decision was that enabled you to proceed the way you have. A few years ago, I read the book *The Secret*, and I also watched the documentary, which is *The Power of Positive Thinking and the Power of Attraction*. And I always remembered um, after I read that book years ago that. I wanted to think positive and I believe that positive attracts positive and I started working on becoming more positive but I never really believed that I was worthy of and I had a flashback in 2015 when um, one of my clients told me that her little girl didn't want to go to summer camp that summer and I had a flashback of when I didn't want to go to music lessons because I was being molested at between the age of nine and 10. And that night in 2015, I felt bad for that little girl. I wanted to ask her, what happened to you last summer? But I didn't want to insult her mom and I didn't want to step into a, a area that it wasn't my place. And I didn't want to say your child probably was molested last summer. I didn't want to speak with my client like that, but it bothered me. It bothered me so much that that little girl didn't want to go. And she cried out to her mom not to let her go. And it brought memories of when I didn't want to go to music lessons. And I cried and I asked and asked my mom not to let me go. And she said I had to go because she didn't know anything. So at that time, when I had that flashback of me crying not to go to the music lessons, I wanted to create awareness to people raising children to pay attention to the signs because children don't know 
how to communicate verbally. And that's when everything started. It was my desire to say, watch for what's going on with that child. Because if you ask a child a question and they don't say anything and they just either cry or they don't say a word, that means that that child is going through some things or have experienced some things. Because in my opinion, children are free to speak whatever they want and they don't filter anything. But they know when it's wrong and if someone's molesting them or hurting them, they don't say anything because they're afraid of that person that is hurting them. And that's when I began my journey of writing what happened to me. And what I discovered was that once I let that out and, and I shared with it some people, then I realized that that was the beginning of my healing because I started feeling better. Until then, I didn't want people to think that that I wasn't good enough because I had experienced such a terrible things. At the time, I felt that the priest who abused me had picked me because I was either ugly or not smart or whatever he saw in me that made him have that power over me. And I didn't want that to be the case anymore. I did not want him to have any power over me anymore. So I made a conscious decision to write it, let it be known. And then from there, I began to learn how I could nurture my inner child and free myself. So if I understand correctly, you published a book about it as well, right? Or am I wrong? I wrote my book. It took me a while and it's all done and we are publishing this week. We had okay. to make changes because the picture behind me is a picture of how I felt about myself. I had a black rose over my mouth and I didn't have a voice. But then once the book was written and I began to feel better about myself and I felt my healing and the release of that divine feeling of feeling free and feeling happy and feeling balanced, then I switched and that picture behind me is no longer the cover for the book. It's a much softer image, much more gentle because I was so raw still when I wrote this book the last couple of years, I've learned to soften up a little and open my heart to love who I am and recognize love around me. And th when that happened, I no longer wanted this to be the cover of my book because that's not how I feel anymore. I have a voice and I would like to, at some point, um, start reaching out to people that have suffered trauma that also feel like they don't have a voice. And I want to reach out to anyone raising children to be very aware of signs of stress. Yeah, that, that is a very, very important message and a very hard one at times. So, yeah. 
because we can be very harsh to ourselves as well. And, and we do tend to think that it's right when we are, right? <laughs> so, yeah, this shrill, mean voice with it, that, you are, that one cultivates when one's mean and harmful to oneself and to others. Yeah, and of course, the miracles, one, one would describe it as the ego. And one can also say its range of expression is from suspiciousness to viciousness. So, so there is another voice, but that voice is certainly has, only has that range. I used to feel that if people knew about what the priest did to me, which was uh, horrible um, between the age of nine and 10 years old, and I can get into it a little bit if you'd like. Um, I don't typically focus on it too much because once I let go of him renting space in my mind and in my heart, I talk about it because people want to know what happened but I'm much more focused on moving forward with joy and balance and happiness. And um, I will never forget what happened, but I'm not going to focus on it because I want to be free to live the life that I didn't live for 50 years. Like you said, we, we are our worst critics and our worst enemies. We sabotage our happiness because inside we don't feel the love for self. And one thing that I had to do, which was very difficult, was look in the mirror and have a talk with myself. And I said, self, you know right from wrong, you know blue from red, you know the sky from the earth. That means that you can now go inside your brain and tell your brain that it was not your fault. And that um, what happened to you was a choice that somebody else made that changed your life. But now that you're an adult, you can begin the process of healing. That's, that's really amazing. And, but another aspect of it is there's, in A Course in Miracles, it says we all are innocent. So we're all holy. So that, that's a really challenging thought when you think of someone like who, who molested you, right? And then trying to go beyond the outer actions that happened and the things that one is angry about or, or, or criticized oneself for feeling guilty of, for whatever reasons, right? <laughs> one felt guilty because it's not like, like you were saying, it's not really a burden you should be carrying, right? Feeling guilty, but you do, right? And so you moved on and are moving on. I'm sure you're still in the process of letting go of even more. The beauty of it is that you are daring to do that. Yes. Do you want me to get into a little bit of how I the things that I've done to get here to this place of freedom. So when I was going through the process of writing my book, I discovered that my inner child and my, my um, 
self inside was still hurting so much from what had happened. And what I did was I um, got this picture of myself when I was only six years old. And I put this picture on my desk and I made it a point to get justice for my inner child. And it was very difficult and I cried a lot. And I went into um, my deepest, deepest, sincere um, being. And I began to nurture that little child that was still hurting. So when we made a movie for my book trailer, I run through the woods and I run to the scene of the crime to go rescue my inner child. And she's still there hurting badly. And then I, I grab her and we run out of there together and we celebrate emotional freedom. It's very, it, at least for me, it was very difficult. And it was like learning a different language because I lived the life of depression for almost 50 years. And now I almost feel guilty because I'm happy. I always almost feel guilty that I'm manifesting for what is mine to collect. I now believe that all I need to do is open my heart and receive what I'm entitled to receive. In my case, happiness and well-being. And um, like I said, uh, about a year or two ago when I was really, really looking into healing, I did feel guilty a lot that I would say, I am thankful for my happiness. I am thankful for my wealth. I am thankful for my well-being. I almost didn't feel worthy of saying that, but I now understand how, how it works. And I understand that we all born perfect and then things happen to us that makes us negative positive angry not angry some people are very balanced possibly they were um, brought up in a household that had a lot of love and a lot of balance and structured and then some people like myself and many others were born perfect i had the perfect childhood i was a happy wonderful child and then that happened to me and I became very, very angry and very, very depressed and sad for so long. And I consider myself very, very blessed that I was able to achieve the, the divine feelings that I have now. Hmm. Yeah, this is really, really deep to go into these subjects. So one of the thoughts, you know, I don't know if you've heard of this idea, but that, that we, we are, like I was saying, we already are innocent, not just when you're born, but throughout life, even when we are doing things that are not that one would consider bad, our nature is still innocent, our, who we are. So, so to release all the reason, all these guilt feelings, all this guilt tripping, all this stuff that's going on, and um, that ha has led to us acting differently than we actually are from our true nature, 
that is a journey. And I think that, and what I think is also interesting is that you were saying, you know, you were 50 years, you were dealing with this unhappiness, this deep seated um, displeasure with, with who you are and your life and everything. And to, so some people probably would feel guilty of having been that way for so long. So that's another thing one needs to release, right? Is this guilt about what one couldn't do or what one wasn't able to provide um, in that time. Yes, and unfortunately for me, and I know for so many people, we live for so long shameful and feeling sad and feeling guilty when if we just had the knowledge to free ourselves it's really not that difficult it, it's not easy but it, it it's it's almost like a fracture or, or a knowledge for a problem once you know how to solve it, it it's wonderful it's wonderful that that you know the the formula if you will and i call it a love technique so I believe that love is stronger than hate. And if you apply love to yourself and everything you do, you, you, you are halfway there. And don't engage in negativity. And you always know right from wrong. But even if you choose wrong, you can then take it back and, and fix it. And... I and, and I'm talking in terms of thinking negative or thinking bad things about yourself. And it's it's a process and it's again like learning a different language. It's a, a totally new way of thinking. It's a it's a new lifestyle. You have to really, really embrace the 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 changing of your mind to to live a life of divine happiness and i think we all want that but you have to really do the things that is going to bring you to that place of peace yeah so like like what you were sharing about speaking with your inner child or deciding to go and pick her up and and going all the way to the scene of, of what you were so freaking out about or unhappy about or so hurt about or whatever you want to, all the many different words we find for it and picking her up and bringing her back with you and saying, I'm there for you. I, I don't know. Some people say, you know, as the grown up self goes and says, I'm, I understand you. I'm there for you. And, and I'm protecting you now. You're no longer alone, so to speak. I don't know whether that's a similar way that you were doing it or not. Yes, it was like that. And, and, and for me, everything's been happening so smooth. I, um, I had a, a group of young little girls um, that auditioned for me to pick one to play myself as a child. And there was this child that came around the corner that it was her hair and her face and her height and everything she was just like the same thing I was when I was little when I was her age and she and I just embraced and she's a child she didn't even know what was going on but in my heart it was almost like hugging myself 
And the, the evening that we filmed the video, which you can see on YouTube, uh, Shayla book trailer, she and I just hugged and, and, and spent some time there at the scene and she played a wonderful, a wonderful part. It was almost like she and I were so connected for, for myself because she was just having a good time acting as a, a young girl acting. But um, for me, it, it was definitely, definitely divine. It, it, was, it was the release that I wish I could just teach to all people that are hurt. And some people tell me, well, it's great that it happened to you like that, but what do you do when your abuser is still living next door or your abuser is your mother or your father? or I am um, married to my abuser. There's a lot of different things that happen. I've talked to women that their brother was the abuser and they are family. And just like my family and many families when I grow up, you don't say anything to anybody because the family doesn't want to be shamed, unfortunately. Back when I was growing up, I remember hearing things that happened, even with the priest that abused me. No one ever brought any of those cases to the law. You would just not say anything and you would hide anything and whatever happened in that family stayed in that family. So people tell me my brother, my older brother or my younger brother or whatever, he was my abuser and my parents didn't believe me. How do I handle this one? How do I go and, and, um, nurture my inner child when I live with that every day um, or holidays or every time we get together. And I am not a trained professional to help someone like that. But what I did do for me in terms of my people in my family that did not want to hear anything about this, I have um, some people in my family, not my parents because they have passed, but I have family members that are older than I am and have questioned, not me directly, but they have said to other family members, why is she coming out now with this? Why did she wait 50 years and now she's shaming herself? Or she, she just, why, what, what's the point? And what I do with those people, and that's the same thing that I say to those that still live in the same area where their abuser lives, is that I created an imaginary bubble around me. I still love my family members. I care for them and I do talk to them whenever, but I don't allow them to enter my space. I don't allow negative comments or negative talk. And um, if someone says, well, so-and-so said that you really shouldn't have said anything now, you're 60 years old, you shouldn't, you should just continue to live your life and there's no need to bring all this up. And I just smile and I don't give them any information to bring back to the other person. And for myself, how I protect myself is it's okay. They have the right to think what they want, but I am going to move forward to possibly help other people that are suffering from trauma and possibly let them know that they too can feel the emotional freedom that I feel.
Yeah, that that is an important one. Is is that that there is a time when when you're ready to share, and, and you don't. And when it's there, it's it's time, and there's no. So you can't say why did you wait so long or why did you didn't bring it up earlier. Well, I wasn't ready, right? It wasn't time, right? And and if it's healing for you, it's healing for you, right? And and that that's also very important. So yes, and yeah, it, it's a hard t- subject, right? Especially if you're going to go to court about it, or if people are thinking they will get some consequences by you sharing your story, right? Things like that. Yes, it is an issue. I um, have this strong desire to heal for me. I'm the one that lived for almost 50 years, um, shameful, and I didn't want my parents to be sad and to be shameful that this happened to their sweet little girl during times that they made me go. But once my parents passed, I didn't feel obligated to keep that secret anymore. I kept that secret for a long time for my parents. I didn't want them to hurt because I know that they would have been very, very sad and devastated. In my book, I write a spiritual letter to my father and I say um, to him what had happened to me. And I ask him to forgive me for having been a rebellious teenager and a, a I turned out to be a teenager that never wanted to obey the house rules and didn't respect my parents anymore. And I didn't have any respect for me because I was so violated that I lost any any, uh, energy from within to continue on. It's amazing that I finished high school and I was able to go to college and I was able to do so many different things and, and never really hit bottom. And when I say hit bottom, um, drugs or, or, or medications or become addicted to anything, I've always been able to suffer all this without any, any help from, from a, a vice, if you will. Um, I did do a lot of therapy during my um, 20s and 30s. I, they put me on many different medications for depression, but I never really stay with it because I never felt that it helped me in any way. Therapists would ask me, let's talk about what, what's going on. What makes you sad? And, and when they started really digging in to find out, get to the root of the problem, I would just leave, never go back because I didn't really want anyone to know. But it wasn't until I decided that I didn't want to live my life like that anymore, that I began to nurture myself. In the process, I learned to communicate better. I learned to recognize love around me. I learned to live a much, much peaceful life, which I want that type of life for everybody. And once I become more confident and more balanced within my, the way that I think of myself, everything changed.
Yeah, I think these decisions, these conscious decisions make the huge difference when you've made that choice. And, and that's why A Course in Miracles speaks of um, you can choose again. If you've made any mistakes or something has gone wrong, you can choose again. And I think that's really beautiful that one can choose again. It's not over because, you, um, because you've made a choice that didn't work out or you made a mistake. You can choose again. I totally agree with that. And again, that's the beauty of being free. It's the beauty of having a balanced life where, like you said, and I said earlier, if you decide to do something that it doesn't fit your needs, you can then switch to what it is that fits your needs. Now, for me, and I would encourage all other people to do the same, stay in a love mindset for yourself. I was very angry for many, many years and I didn't like myself being angry. And I would just either snap at people or at times maybe even be rude. Or if someone was rude to me, I would be rude right back. Or if I didn't like someone or if I didn't want to go somewhere, I would be, I would have a little bit of an attitude and an edge to me that, um, and I didn't like myself that way. So now that I learned to balance the way that I live my life, I am much more enjoyable and I, I like who I am now. And the funny thing is the result of that is that I can say anything and I can communicate to anyone about anything, but you have to come from a place of love in your heart. Because when you speak from a, a loving place in your heart, you can speak to anyone and you can say it, whatever it is that you want. Oh, I don't want to do that today. Or I, I don't really agree with you. Or it's okay that you think that way, but I, I think it's this way. You can have a communication with anyone without allowing anger to set in. And I used to play the victim badge all the time. And now that I retired that victim badge, I can no longer use it. The triggers will show up and will prompt me to, to say something or engage in a conversation that I don't like. But I now recognize those triggers and I did retire my victim badge. So I wear now my triumph badge and I really like that. And I am not a arrogant person or anything saying, oh, well, I wear my triumph badge. It's not like that. It's nice and easy and humble and gentle. And if I don't like something, I have the power to say no, and it's okay. And people respect that and people admire that. And I like that because it's the homework that I've done. And it all started when I wrote about the things that happened to me. And I chose to publish my book some people might want to write about what happened to them and not publish anything, just write it for themselves. But know that when you write that down, it's difficult. So use it, use it for your advantage to heal and learn to balance your life. So another subject uh, that is a subject for writers in general, right? 
right is is to dare to write what comes to your mind because you can always rework it if necessary but you need to dare to write because you can get stuck in this it has to be perfect right away it has to be this it has to be that and another thing that i've come to think is very important is that teaching always is something that you do from where you're at or, or sharing is especially because if you you could share about okay who you want to be one day but and and always speak as if you're that person but it won't be as powerful as if you're coming from where you're at right now and so i think yeah some people want to wait until they can share for this and that and it's okay you have to decide but i think it's really beautiful that coming from where you're at is most powerful Every day I work on my positive affirmations. Every day I work on giving someone something, whether it's a, a, a little heart or, or if it's Christmas, a little Christmas ornament, if it's summertime, a little flag or whatever it is that I might have or that I can pick up that I have available to give to someone. And if I run out of um, some things or if I don't know what to give that day if i go to the supermarket i might give a stranger five ten twenty dollars or i might make a phone call and say i just want to give you a call to say i'm thinking of you hope you're having a great day so every day i make a point to give someone something and that makes me feel great always focusing on the positive and i always work from a gentle humble place in my heart with love for me to nurture my my inner self and then that comes across to other people yeah one of the things that a course in miracles says is you can't change the world but you can change the way you see the world and that comes from the asking for help from within from the and in a course in miracles that help is called the Holy Spirit. Um, you may have other words for it, but that's how the Course in Miracles describes it. That's the solution comes from the Holy Spirit. I agree with you, and I've learned that everything that we desire, everything that we need, and that we open our heart to receive, like you said, I call it a divine power, or I call it divine. The Holy Spirit would be the same, I think, um, my opinion. It all comes from within because we are connected. And we are entitled to happiness and peace. And in my situation, for me, all the things that happened to me when I was an, uh, as an adult, yes, I lived a life of chaos and depression, but decisions that I made were my decisions. My abuser were no longer there to make those decisions for me or to make me do things that didn't serve me. Unfortunately, I did not know and I didn't have the knowledge to forgive myself and move forward. And that's why I like to reach out to anyone, anyone who suffered trauma that is that feels stuck. They have to start taking baby steps to connect, 
to the Holy Spirit from within them. And then it just happens. It's amazing. It just comes to you. Yeah, this is a, a very important process. And, and yes, the baby steps, right? To dare to take the first step. Like if you're, if we use the allegory of writing, write one word, then write the next word, and then finish the sentence, and, and so on and so forth. And if you continue that way, at some point you've written a whole book, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, the baby steps are very important, is that we dare to continue. And I think, so how did you get the motivation to continue? Because I'm sure even when you make those steps, doubts come up, things get in the way. You think there's something that will keep you from continuing, or that is so grave that you have to stop, right, or whatever. So how did you continue? I don't know if I am blessed or lucky, but I always have been one of these people that if I put my mind into something, I'm going to do it. Used to be that because I didn't have control over what happened to me, I became a very controlling person on my on, for myself. If I was decided that I was going to run a marathon, I'm going to run a marathon. If I decided that I was going to learn how to cook something, I'm going to do it. If I decided that I wanted a specific car, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there, that car. I always had wanted to have that control over things that I could control because I didn't have a hold of my emotions. So I controlled what I could control around me and things that I could do. So when I thought that I was going to write, a lot, a lot of people told me, oh, you're crazy. That's just another one of your things that you're going to do. Because like I said, I would do something and then be like, oh, I don't want to do that. But that was a challenge. I always liked the challenge because it would keep me occupied. But then when somebody said, oh, you'll never write a book because you're a massage therapist. And I said to myself, I'm going to write a book. And then when I started writing, it was just like what you said. It was in this room right here. Many times, many times I would be typing and the tears would just be coming out, coming out, coming out. And I'd cry a lot while typing. And then I would put it down and then I would type again. And I cried a lot. And when I began doing that, that challenge of accomplishing something grew bigger and bigger within me. But then the results were, which I didn't even expect. First was the challenge of getting it finished. And then was I begun to feel wonderful because I let that all out. It, it, it was just overwhelming me for so many years, that secret of feeling shameful and feeling less than and, and, and not feeling worthy of love. And, and just a lot of times I would say, why me? Why was I picked? Why is my life so miserable? And if I ever said anything to a friend, my friend would say, you have the best life of all of us. You have this and you have that and you have that. And I'll say to myself, yeah, but I don't have a happiness. And 
I always wanted happiness and I didn't experience happiness until I actually started writing the book. Nothing in the past, the, the new car or the new vacation or whatever it is that I decided that I was going to do never gave me happiness. When I did this challenge here of writing the book, I began to feel more balance and I began to feel more at peace. And now I'm just so glad that I wrote it. And my book is dark and, and it does explain everything that happened to me and it does talk about my story. But the second part of my book is very uplifting and it's very inspirational. And I talk about the love technique that I call it love technique, but basically it's just going in and nurturing your inner self and looking in the mirror and saying, self, you are worthy of and you must move forward. You must understand it wasn't your fault. So I um, want to reach out to the people that not so much to read what happened to me. And of course they can read it. It's all, it's the book that tells all. So it's all there. But I want people to really, really look in the mirror. And if they are suffering still to take baby steps towards that divine power from within you that Holy Spirit that it lives there and it's just wait, waiting to come to overwhelm you with happiness and great things. And those are the miracles. The Holy Spirit is not going to bring in a brand new car and put it in your driveway. <laughs> but you feeling amazing and manifesting and knowing that you could potentially own that new car someday, you will take steps towards whatever it is that needs to be done to bring that new car, to bring you that new house, to bring you that new partner in life. Those are the miracles. In my opinion, the biggest miracle is the miracle of happiness and peace. Everything else will come. That's beautiful. So another aspect of it is once you get on that journey, like you said, you chose, you started choosing more and more who you are around and what type of thinking you're around and so on. So how, how was the process? Because I'm sure it wasn't easy at the beginning to, to decide to change who you're around, what thoughts you think and so on. And so how did the momentum develop? One of the hardest things for me was to accept the fact that not everyone is your friend. Accept the fact that some people love you, but they don't need to be with you all the time. I always wanted to be loved by all people. And I always wanted to, to um, do great things so people would love me. And it was very difficult for me. I made a list of some people and not that I hate them or not that they hate me people that are not as important to me and I created a uh, this thing um, like I imagine a little box like a little jewelry box with a little pretty ribbon and I put in that box all the beautiful memories that I had with some family members and some some other people 
And from a very, very good place in my heart, I put all those beautiful memories in there in the box. I covered the box, I put the pretty box on the shelf and I have beautiful memories to, to go by. In my current life, if someone is not able to be in my small circle or in my bubble, I am not going to spend time chasing them. It's okay, I accept and they're busy and they are um, living their life. They have whatever they have going on. They still care for me. We still talk once in a while, but we're not connected like I would want them to be connected with me in the past. They are just as important, but I don't wait around for them to call me or for them to approve of what I do and say. For me, that was very difficult. And then uh, learning to look in the mirror and like who I see was very difficult. For almost 50 years, I hated my face. I have a scar here from when I um, had an encounter with my abuser that um, he slapped me so bad that I fell on the ground and cut myself here on the edge of a shovel that he had um, given me to dig a hole to abort into that hole in the cemetery. And I never liked my face. And I always felt ugly and I used to have really long hair and always have my hair down. And one time years ago, I went to a new hairdresser. It was a guy hairdresser. And he said, you got to show your cheeks. <laughs> and, and he said, you have to show your face. Why is it that you want to uh, hide your face? And, and I didn't say nothing to him, but I started like pulling my hair back a little bit. And I started practicing showing my face a little bit more. And, <laughs> and I started smiling more. And um, people will tell me when you walk in the room, it's like you bring the sunshine. And that's how things started transforming. So I will never forget that he addressed that told me that I had to show my face. He didn't know me and he did not know how I felt or anything about me. But he said, I am not leave, letting you um, leave this place today with your hair down like that. You have to um, pull it back and show your face. And I began to believe him and I always think about it. He, obviously, he probably never remember that he said that to me that day, but he changed my life. And it again, it's like learning in the language. You have to sit down and you have to love who you are. Who you are. And when you're sad and, and you might have an addiction, you might have a secret that you do or you might... Um, some people I know that they run too much because they don't want to gain weight. They're super thin and they're actually not healthy. I have people that are alcoholics. They, they just hide at night after the kids go to bed and they just drink themselves to sleep. So those are the things that you have to look in the mirror and say, self, you are wonderful. And, and do try to take baby steps. And again, I was blessed to continue with the journey, but I was determined to accomplish happiness. And here I am. I, I want to just go ahead and spread the news and tell everyone that they can do the same.
it's like a natural high it's a good feeling i like it it's a humble feeling it's from a good place in my heart yeah and another big subject is appreciation right i mean you were speaking about wanting approval from others that certainly is a, a topic and how to release that but another is also appreciation of oneself and others and of life and loving life is not something that when you're in that type of guilt feeling and anger and whatever else comes with it you do not you do not know how to let go of that at, at right away so it's a journey and i think it's important that you decide you want to let go of it, right you want to live a different life there must be a better way as in the course of miracles that was the thing that they said they were having this fight the two people who brought the course into the world they had this they were having these fights in their in the community that they were working in and then they said that there must there there was this the, the man had this speech and said there must be a better way and that's where they then she said i'll help you find it and then that's how that came about so yeah that's an important decision to say okay i believe there is a better way there must be. It's always a better way, no matter what situation you're in. I, I worked in a prison for a number of years and I saw people in the prison that were facing life in prison and um, some that were incarcerated for many years. And you have the the person that is in prison that accepts it and lives a life of peace he or she may read books may write may choose to be a worker inside the prison and then you have the one that never accepts it and lives a life of misery and those those are the ones that create a very bad environment inside the prisons for others and i'm saying prison because that's a place i worked for a long time so it's like that in real life. It's so sad and it's unfortunate that some of us, more than we'd like to admit, more people are hurt than not, that had bad things happen to them because other adults or other people chose to hurt them and chose to, uh, their ego possibly made them give um, pain and sadness to some of us you have to understand that it's not your fault even if your spouse that is in a domestic violence relationship no spouse asks to be abused so if you think that you have to stay or if you believe that you have to stay for whatever reason some people stay for the children some people stay for financial reasons I don't know, whatever the reasons are. If you have to stay, you still can look in the mirror and protect yourself and develop uh, um, armor of um, uh, knowledge that when that abuser comes at you, whether it's a narcissistic personality 
or someone who might drink too much and then hit you or whatever it may be. There's all kinds out there. You, if you have the knowledge and you have a toolbox full of things that you can pull from how to defend yourself and how to become a more confident person, and this goes to men and women, you have to educate yourself on how you can protect yourself. And you'll be surprised. You will be surprised that when you have those miracles start to happen, you are going to see a path to get out of that situation. But you have to open yourself and let it in. Yeah, and, and I think what was very beautiful is you were speaking of a divine intervention or that you felt that there was a divine quality to that time when you changed your mind and said, okay, I'm going to um, do something about it. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write about it. I'm going to share about it. I'm going to put it out there so people can hear about it or I can reflect on it as well. I'm sure you wanted to reflect on it as well. It's part of the process. Yeah. When I started writing, my first um, intention was to create awareness to protect children. But then I quickly realized that I was so hurt and my healing came about. And then my focus, um, not that it changed, but I um, acquired this focus and desire to help people in pain from trauma. So now I have two uh, missions create awareness to keep children safe and speak with victims or people that have suffered trauma to let them know that there's so many books out there. There's so many things that you can read. There's so many shows like this one on YouTube that you can educate yourself and how you can get yourself open to receive all that is there available for you. And you will be surprised what, like you said, miracles will come your way because you have opened the channels. Your frequency is high and you're ready to receive. And they have to begin learning about what the Holy Spirit can bring to them. And the miracles, yes, praying is one thing. Some people pray. Some people um I don't know, ask for prayer, but you still have to open yourself to receive what's available. So there's this, this idea also of the idea of separation and the difference, the idea of, of oneness. Um, has that played a role in, the, in your journey? Uh, separation from leaving the past behind and going on to the future. Basically, it's an idea of, of that there's separation thinking. That's the one that gets you into trouble, gets you unhappy. Like I said, from vicious, um, from suspiciousness to viciousness is its range. And then there's the the oneness thinking or the joining, the thinking of joining that allows you to feel love 
to feel loved and and to express love and to do whatever it takes to grow into who you actually are to remember who you are better another way of putting it your mic isn't on uh yes there's definitely a separation and it's like bad cow bad cop good cop and you always almost want to go to the negative side because it's almost easier to stay angry it's almost easier to snap it's almost easier to give it back to somebody you want to feel empowered because you you told them how you felt but for me i used to be like that but now for me it's so much easier not to give them that fuel to their to their um fire it's so much better and it feels so much better to be content and who you are no response is a response and if you don't want to be in that rage of always feeling negative and always have bad things happen you must change your way of thinking otherwise your life is going to be like that forever and i was there for many many years it was problem after problem after problem drama after drama after drama and if i was at work or wherever if i was with friends if there was drama i want to be right in it because i wanted to know everything i wanted to tell them my opinion i needed to know everything that was going on and gossip especially in the workplace is a horrible thing and we all want to know what's going on what, what happened oh yeah is that what happened everyone wants to be in on it and then you tell your other co-worker and that's how i used to be and i didn't even like myself being like that and the separation is you got to just cross over and and become yeah you still hear the drama and it's very unfortunate sometimes things happen to people but you don't really have to get in on it and you don't have to agree or give your opinion. And if someone is rude and mean, you don't have to engage. You stay right here in your divine self. And that's when you know that you've achieved the balance that you're looking for. And again, that's when the miracles start to happen. Beautiful things will come without us even knowing that they're coming. Yeah, the the subject of gossip. Yeah, I think that's very toxic, as you were saying. And to learn not to do that is, is quite a step. I, I we all certainly all have um, further steps that are available to us in being more kind and more open loving in the way we communicate so i think that's a very important topic and so what what is the way you communicate now since you you said you've been removing yourself from the idea of needing to gossip and to know everything how do you communicate at at your workplace now Well, I'm very lucky now because I'm a massage therapist and I work in the dark and 
<laughs> and I work with just one person at a time. But when, um, example, in the last couple of years that I worked in a prison, I found myself getting involved in the gossip. And if I could look back now, if I could go back there now, and if I could change things, I would just do my job, be very polite to everyone, always do what's expected. And if someone started to gossip, uh, what I do now, if it's in family or friends, or if it's places that I go, I just say, oh, I understand. I understand. Oh, yes, I totally understand. Yeah, now I, I get it, but I don't offer my opinion and I don't get engaged and I don't say anything negative about anyone. If I do have anything to say, um, I tell that person. Let's say if um, I need to have a conversation with a friend or, or with a family member, it's okay because I'm very kind and nice and I say it from a, a very, very good place in my heart and that's how I communicate. I have the right to not like something or um, it's easy now. I converse um, with confidence and I only do that if, if I have to approach somebody on something. I think about it before and I um, make a decision if it's worth it or not. If it's not worth it, then I don't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they think. And now that I don't engage in negative talk or I don't engage in um, rage or, or gossip, then I, I, don't, I, I don't know any gossip now and I'm okay with that, I'm happy. And um, I went to a place the other day where they um, served uh, food to the um, homeless and I was serving food there and I heard um, some of the ladies there talking, 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 talking. And a couple of times they invited me into the conversation. But I was there to do a job. I was very sweet and I worked hard and I was very polite and I smiled a lot, but I did not engage in that gossip that was going on in the back. And uh, I felt good about it because when I was younger, I'd be right in on it. Yeah, that must be a huge step to to change that attitude in which you think it's necessary. Yeah, and also to feel confident about yourself because sometimes the the idea of needing the gossip is to to feel safe, right? But it's not safe. It's actually making things less safe. I used to engage in gossip because I wanted to belong. And I always wanted everyone to like me. It was like, if you belong to the group of mean girls in high school, you're in. And that that was just um, poor knowledge on my part. And, and I'm not saying it was my fault. And I'm not saying I was a bad person. I'm just saying that I liked the way that I educated myself on just being more confident and being more positive. I don't want to talk about what the neighbors are doing or if a neighbor did something or if the people at church did something 
or if we have we have a group of friends that we we trust each other and we know that we don't want anything bad to happen in my circle but if you if you step aside from that circle and you start um, adventuring out to other groups of people that you don't trust you sure are going to have gossip and people are not going to be loyal and and um, with the same positive ideas that you have so you have to make a decision who you want to have in your circle and a lot of times it's family a lot of times it's people that you love that you have to protect yourself and not engage so then the idea the next idea is when you let go of gossip what type of conversations do you then have <laughs> I always find something to talk about. We can talk about fitness. We can talk about cooking. We can talk about hair. We can talk about going on a hike. We can talk about the weather. Um, we have, I have a group of friends that get together every once in a while and we talk about anything because we trust each other and we love each other and we don't say things that are mean or bad because we accept one another. In the workplace, because I work with just a few, few people, um, I'm just busy and I do a good job and I'm very kind and I smile and I work when I'm asked to work and I um, don't complain. And if, let's just say, if it was something that I didn't like that someone did, I think I have the confidence and the knowledge to let that person know that um, I didn't want to do that or that I'm not going to be able to do that or, or something like that. But I, I'm never going to confront anyone. Oh, did, did you say this about me? No, that's that's high school talk. I'm not. And I see a lot of adults still uh, engaging in that kind of thing. But I want love and I want peace and I want to be overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit powers, which is unbelievable to just sit here and be okay with whatever it is that you have going on because my mind is at ease. So we're moving towards the time for wrapping up. Is there any subject you'd like to share about that I haven't asked you about yet? Well, I'm, I am 60 years old. And if I can do it, you can do it. You're never too old to change. And you're never too old to embrace the miracles that are waiting to happen in your life. You have to begin the self-nurturing in order for the divine powers to come to you. And if you give it a try, you will find out that it is true. The universe is awaiting for you to open your heart and receive all the beautiful things that you are entitled to have.
very beautiful. Yeah, in the in the Course in Miracles, there's this idea that there is this um, treasure which is always open to everyone, and the more you go there, the more there is. And the reason there's angels there is to keep it open, not to to keep anyone out. I agree, and um, the the power of the divine spirit doesn't judge. It comes when you learn to open yourself to receive. Continue to say, I am worthy. I am open to receive. And for me is love. I am open to receive love, and I am open to give love, and I think once you have that knowledge and you open to receive, everything else just falls into place. So if anyone wants to reach out to you or to get to know your book or whatever else you are bringing about, how would they do that? My website is lafrancemedia.com and lafrance is L-A and then the word France like the country, lafrancemedia.com. You can purchase my book. You can reach out to my publicist and um, you can request to contact me. You can request to have me um, speak, whatever it is that you may need that I can help, she will make that happen. And also on Facebook, I have a page and the page is um, Shayla, the book that tells all. And my Facebook, there will be all the upcoming events. I would like to do um, a book tour and also um, speaking engagements where I can meet with people that I can come in and inspire them to feel the way that I feel. And I have a lot of spunk and a lot of energy to bring to the table. And I like to think that I'm very convincing, but I'm convincing from a really good place in my heart. So lafrancemedia.com, go ahead and purchase my book. I promise you, you will be amazed at the things that did happen or maybe not, because you're probably a person that have suffered too, and, and you have things that happened to you that are far worse than what happened to me. But focus on the second part of my book, which is very insp inspirational. And I reach out to all of you that are still hurting or that have a secret. And you might want to feel better starting now. So I hope that I can uh, some, somehow bring that knowledge to you and then you can apply it like I did. So thank you once again, Regina, for joining me here. I would like to thank all listeners and viewers and anyone who would like to be on the podcast and share their message of love or your message of love, please contact me and come. And we will find a time to fulfill.
<laughs> wish. Thank so you blessing so much. to you all and let and let people know about the podcast so they can find it and spread the word and review it and subscribe so that this community of people sharing their journeys and wisdom and and confidence that there is a wonderful way for each one every one of us and that we can join in this journey home so i'd love to let you all enjoy that even more so blessings to you all until next time thank you so much you're very welcome <laughs>